Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What the fucksters? What the fucking ucks? What the fucking ucks? Let's start there. Thank you, Canada. Thank you, Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. Thank you. I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. You know the show, okay? I was just in Canada uh, last weekend uh, for the Just for Laughs. I've been up there many times. I was trying to think how many times I've been up to that Just for Laughs Festival. A lot of times. 93, 94, I went up there as a correspondent for Comedy Central for my show Short Attention Span Theater, and I couldn't have been more embarrassed to be up there as the guy holding the mic, interviewing other comics. It was humiliating to me. I do remember that much. I do remember wearing clothing that wasn't mine because I was on a TV show, walking around, sticking my mic into the faces of established comics because I was that guy. I was the guy with the mic who did the thing. There's nothing more embarrassing or more humiliating when you're a comedian and that's the gig you got. Hey, I'm the guy with the mic talking to people who are doing real things. What do you do? I'm the guy with the mic. I'm holding the mic with the thing on it that says Comedy Central. Are are you a comic? That question doesn't even come up. You're just that guy. The guy with the mic. So it's a long way from there now. I'll tell you that. I've been up there several times. I did uh, several galas over the last few years. I never think it's enough about me, but that's normal. Every comic in the world is up there. Saw a lot of old friends. But I do want to thank all the people for coming out to the solo show. We did good, man. A lot of WTF people, a lot of What the Fucking Ucks came out. Uh, It was a very interesting show. I uh, had this kid, Adam Newman, open for me. He did a few minutes, forgot one of his jokes, went into a tailspin, but pulled it out. Then I got up there and people were chatty, not heckle chatty, but sort of like, uh, I guess he's talking to me. It doesn't matter. There's 400 and some odd people in the room chatty. It's just me and him and me and Mark. And I'm going to ask him about his relationships. I'm going to ask him about how's it going. We're going to chime in some guy with a weird laugh. It was a very bizarre time, but I don't, I invite bizarre. I do not mind bizarre times on stage because then it's interesting for everybody. Today on the show, Adam Ferrara. Uh, You may know him from Rescue Me. You may know him from Nurse Jackie. Uh, And he's also on the American version of Top Gear. But I've known him for years as a stand-up comic, and he's a pretty good guy. Good guy, funny guy, very efficient comedian. I've really known him a long time. I used to have a problem with him because I thought he was too fucking cute. But, uh, but, you know, we all get old. We uh, We all get locked in. We all get deep in the groove. This is the life. 
We're trying to hang on. Hope you're doing all right. Glad you got a gig scene. You know what I'm talking about? So I'll be talking to Adam Ferrara in just a minute. But let's talk about Montreal Comedy Festival a bit. It was great to see some of my old friends. But one, the first morning we were there, we did the new show, uh, Opie and Jim. That's Opie Sands Anthony. Just Opie and Jim live in Montreal. I get down there at 9 o'clock, and who's on the couch? Judy Gold, Bill Burr, Bob Kelly, Dave Attell, Nick DiPaolo, and Ari Shafir. We're all sitting there. That's like a ton of comics. And for some reason, we were all just idiots. Couldn't get our words out. Couldn't get a laugh. Couldn't get any traction going. It was pretty stunning. Oh, and Jim Jeffries, who was like horrendously hungover, which I think is an ongoing state for him. But we just couldn't get it going. It was kind of hilarious. It was great to see Nick DiPaolo, too. I love seeing that guy. It's it's like going to Montreal is like a, it's like a high school reunion. Um, but because of the industry, you get the feeling like, um, how come there are more teachers here than students? And why why do we still act like we're in school when we're around them, even though we're 25 years into this? A lot of industry. Everybody's everyone's getting real shit faced. So if you're if you're diligent and you hang in, you can usually get some honesty out of people that are not capable of that generally. But uh, we're all sitting there, couldn't get a laugh there on uh, Opie and Jim's show, and it was kind of it was very funny that we <laughs> we just couldn't get any traction going because there was a live audience there. And then Pete Holmes shows up, and uh, I gotta say I initiated a bit of a pile on. Uh, so someone had to be thrown to the wolves in order to get some laughs, and and that was Pete. And Pete, you know, whether he knows it or not, is just a mark for that, man. He's just volunteering that. He's like, welcome all, come inside me. Pete will take any kind of attention. So uh, so that, it worked out well. It didn't, you know, it wasn't that much bullying, just a, just a bit, just a bit. And I, I got to admit, it's a little fun to bully Pete. After the radio show, Attell who I've known, you know, half my fucking life, was like, you want to get something to eat? I'm like, yeah, let's go. He says, you want to get some, uh, what do you want to get, coffee? You want to get some breakfast? You want to go to the deli? And we're like, well, maybe we'll go to the smoked meat place. Let's go to Schwartz's. It's 1030 in the morning. I don't even know if they're open. But we walked for like 45 minutes. And, you know, Attell is, uh, I consider a very close friend. And he's uh, obviously one of the best comedians in the world. And I've known him since it feels like we were kids, but I don't ever really get to talk to him. Like if I see him in New York, it's always like, what? Yes. All right. Why? And, you know, it's five minutes in interaction. You know, anytime I see him in New York, it's a five minutes in passing, uh, very intense. And then he moves on. So now here we are locked in for about an hour and a half. To, we got to walk 45 minutes one way. We're going to have something to eat and walk 45 minutes back. It's a lot of a tell time. And I loved it. No one makes me laugh more than David Tell. And uh, we get to, uh, we walk to Schwartz's. Now, Schwartz's is not fundamentally a deli. They have smoked meat. They're known for smoked meat, which I believe is the same piece of meat as the, uh, as, as a, it's a brisket. So that's what they make corned beef out of. That's what they make pastrami out of. But it's not either. It's somewhere in the middle. It's thick cut. It's slightly spiced. Uh, it's prepared a different way. I think it's cured and then it sits for a week or something and then they cook it. And, but it's, it's unique. It's unique Jew food from uh, from Canada, from Montreal. And Dave and I are Jews. We're slowly becoming old Jews. I think Dave might have been ahead of me on that. Maybe not. But Dave's used to regular American delis. And I know in my mind that this is not really a deli. They got smoked meat and coleslaw and pickles and that's it. And you don't really order anything else. So we go in there and he's trying to be healthy. 
This is a historical event that I'm describing you. By the way, I'm not setting you up for a disappointment here. This is, a, this, is a, this is Canadian history that I'm about to tell you. Canadian history. Do you hear me? Are you listening to me? There should be a plaque. So Dave and I are both trying to be healthy, but I've given in. You know, I'm like, I'm here, I'm going to eat. And like, I regret that now because I'm going to sit down here in my underwear with uh, a little more of me than I anticipated. I tried to, I was trying to get healthy. That lasted a couple of weeks. I'm just tired of me. It doesn't matter. Let's get back. So me and Natalia have a nice conversation. We catch up. We talk about our families, our lives, the business, girlfriends, this, sex, whatever. We do the thing. We have the conversation that men have. How you been doing? Let's get it covered. All right. We good? Good. So then we're sitting at the deli and Dave's like, yeah, uh, can I get some soup? Do you have any soup? No. He's like, can I do a half and half, like a half turkey and a half uh, the smoked meat? Because they don't have eggs. Dave wanted eggs. No eggs. Just it's smoked meat. That's it. Basically, that's what you get there. The the other stuff is just there just in case somebody doesn't understand what's happening. And this guy who said he'd been working there 33 years says, you don't want to get the turkey. And Dave's like, I, but I don't want to eat all that. It's like 11 in the morning. I mean, what, what am I going to do? I, I, want to, you know, I don't want to do that to myself. Can I get a half and half? And he's like, you just get the smoked meat. That's what we do here. We do smoked meat. And he explained how the meat was made, which I paraphrased earlier. And, uh, and Dave's like, I don't know. And I'm like, look, why don't you get a turkey? I'll get a smoked meat and we'll split them up. And I didn't even want the turkey. I was just, I was in. I'm ready to eat the whole fucking smoked meat sandwich. So we have this conversation. We don't know what's going to happen. We get some pickles. We get some coleslaw. And then the guy brings out, brings Dave a sandwich. He brings me a smoked meat sandwich. I'm rye bread. He brings Dave a half smoked meat, half turkey. But he told us that the turkey was just processed turkey. Nothing special about it. They don't make it there or nothing. That's why he was steering Dave away from it. But he made the sandwich anyways. He made half a smoked meat sandwich and half a turkey sandwich. And he looked at Dave and he said, this is the first time that this has ever happened in the history of of Schwartz's. And that's an 84-year history. That sandwich has never been served. It's never been done. There's never been a half and half. There's never been a half turkey, half smoked meat sandwich. And I saw it. It was made for David Tell. This is this is Canadian history. This is a moment in Canadian history that I witnessed. And then David Tell experienced. We were both there. We we Something should have been recorded. But in the first time in... Schwartz's 80-some-odd-year history, because of David Tell, a half-and-half half sandwich was served. And I don't think that's, that's not nothing. All right? We did it. Me and Dave, primarily on his, on his will, changed the game. We changed it. I'm not saying it's a precedent. I'm not saying you should go into Schwartz's, or I don't know why you would. But I'm saying that a precedent has been set. History has been made. A half turkey, half smoked meat sandwich has been served at Schwartz's in Montreal. All right? So I was there for three days. It felt like a month. I was exhausted. And uh, what did I learn? I learned that the audiences for me who came out specifically to see me were better than the general audiences that I performed for up there. But you know what? Quite honestly, I got to quit being judgmental. Canadians are a polite bunch. They're a good audience. They're attentive. They're even more polite than Americans when they're drunk which is an amazing indication. See what the the sort of peace of mind that comes from knowing that when shit gets bad, you can just go into a doctor. You see what that does to people? It makes them polite. Makes them less frightened. Think about it. Thank God I have insurance. All right, we're going to talk to Adam Ferrara now. Is that okay? It's great. 
Had a nice conversation about dads and dudes. He's a different kind of dude than I am. It's a car guy. Guy's guy. So... Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast. Let's do it. Well, I mean, but you're a guitar guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got right into what guitar guys do. Amateur guitar guys. Yeah. As soon oh, as is that guitar? In, you pick it up. Yeah. Right <laughs> Let me show you what I can do. And then we said, I know, I know the beginning of this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know get, this one lick. I can get to this part until Clapton goes off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't. But that's the weird thing about my guitar because I don't. Mm. I never learned all the songs all the way through. I just like to play my own leads. Yeah. But I never like disciplined myself to sort of like work out the riffs of any song that wasn't like dan 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 or or simple. Well, it was different now because when we did it, you had to slow the record down and listen to it. But were you meticulous like that? Could you? No, I. I, The ADD then I had it. You do? Oh, it's bad. But you're how old? You do four years difference than me. You're my brother's age. You're forty eight. Forty eight. I'm fifty. So it's same time. Yeah. So we grew up. The same thing. We didn't have the, we didn't have the well the patience. But I don't right. think we ever had the patience. But we didn't have the technology. Now you can go on YouTube. I know, but there were guys back when we were kids that could figure that shit out. Hated those. Bastards. Me too. Did you play in bands? I did. I wasn't really that. It was garage three chord stuff. Oh, you didn't college. play out. Yeah, we played out in college. How many songs did you have when you played out? Eight. <laughs> and you played two of them again at the end. Yeah. And one of them's always born to be wild. Yeah, for the new people. <laughs> yeah, but those, those you people just, just joining the party. Just showed up. Here's some more George Thorogood because we can play it. Yeah. You play slide? <laughs> no, no. We, we no. always mess that. Just, oh, you just I did. figured out because I was trying to play slide and I figured out I had to raise my bridge because I kept hitting the frets. But it's funny to me that you grew up like when you say Anthony Cumia from Opie and Anthony that yeah. that you grew up with him. Sometimes I think that his anger is is beyond anything I can understand. <laughs> and I I try to yeah I would try to under like he must have been sort of just a, a pretty sweet kid at some point, huh? We all were. I mean, <laughs> what happened? What to happened? Us? I mean, we were nice. Yeah, we because we didn't have anything. Yeah, we had the the little apartment that he had had holes in the sheetrock. The landlord would when come you guys by. were like moved to New York or what? Well, are you talking no, about? when he was in Long Island when we grew up, when he was still knocking tin, and I was working. What's knock and tin mean? Uh, duck work. Oh, really? Knocker, That's yeah. what he did. Yeah, him and him and his brother Joe. Yeah, and I worked at a fence company. You did? Yeah. What in high school? High or? school. Yeah, we okay. met. We kind of met like junior high. High. We say grew up together, but it was, it was that era. Like um, that when I that he's a little bit older than me. Yeah. So it was kind of like junior high, high school. We yeah. met each other and started hanging out, but we had no money, no nothing. We the landlord would come. He had an apartment. Yeah. And we would hide in the wall. But you were already not living at home. 
No, I was living at home, but I would go over to the apartment. Oh, yeah. That was the honeycomb hideout. It was oh, okay. the shack. Right, right, right. And a sense of humor was a coveted thing because we didn't have anything else. Yeah, yeah, had. yeah, yeah. And he's- Just he, sit around bus balls? Just bus balls and yeah. laugh and yeah. watch TV. And right. We used, to rent, we used to rent Bugs Bunny cartoons and freeze the frames and stuff and just oh, start yeah. riffing on the pictures. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Just this, that, 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 our formative years. Well, what, where did you grow up? What part of Long, Long Island? Island? But what part? Huntington, Long Island. And that was Italian? Yeah, Italian Jewish. So yeah. it was very much. Um, my family would 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 fix their houses, and their family would rec- represent us when things went wrong. You know, but it was right on that that border. And like, what, a big Italian family? Yeah. Well, depending on who makes parole. Yeah. Yes. But it's a big, a lot of people. Um, really? My house was. You know, the cool thing about my house, it was the place in the neighborhood people would hang out. Yeah. And my brother's and family too. Yeah, my father's family would come over, my mother's family, so there was a lot of people. That has since gone now. I, I miss that part gatherings. of the East Coast. Like, because yeah. when, when I'm, I'm from Jersey originally, mm-hmm. my family is, but like, you know, my grandmother's house was sort of a hub yeah. for people coming around. Yeah. And that would be a whole day. Yeah. Just like people would come around to eat things. Lunch at two o'clock. Yeah, people some people would watch TV, some people would be outside with the kids, Football whatever. playing, games yeah. on, people sleeping right. on the couch. Do people still do that shit? I it's 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 something I do remember finally from my childhood. I don't experience now as an adult that much anymore. But it's weird because we kind of got off that track somehow. I I think because we moved away. Yeah, you but know. your brother's still around. My there? brother still keeps it going. Like when I get home, I kind of collect everybody up and say, "Come on, we're going to meet at this restaurant." Because uh-huh. my mom's not cooking anymore. You know, right. we meet at this restaurant. I bring everybody together and we laugh and yeah, yeah, have their kids. So I try to do that when I go home. How my, many brothers and sisters? Two. I got two brothers. Oh, that's it. Three is. Yeah, it's three of us. But that whole thing at the house, like after, like after my house Thanksgiving. It looked like Jonestown. His bodies <laughs> laying all over the freaking place. <laughs> yeah. But what, like, what kind of, what, what did your dad do? What did you, what was he? did your... kitchens and bathrooms. He he was, uh, he would design and build kitchens and bathrooms. He was very mechanical. Yeah. And but I, like in the city and stuff or just around town? No, he would do it. He was with, it was a plumbing company. My grandfather. Plumbers. Joseph O. Ferrara and Sons. Yeah. Yeah. In Queens. Where yeah. We, where I was born in Queens. And him and my, bro- my uncle Lou went into that business and my father moved out to Long Island and made it more of like custom kitchens, custom bedrooms. So he would do the custom work and then he'd bring his his brother in. Oh, they split at that point. Oh, they did? Yeah. But no, but who would he, who would do the plumbing? He would do oh, all he, of it? Oh, he would do all of it and then he would hire guys to do it. He was more of a designer, more of an artist that way. He had that mechanical ability. But he was a good plumber? Yeah, well, let's be honest. You, I know it. How hard could it be? No, Shit don't go uphill. No, Man, I- You've solved the mystery, Mark. <laughs> no, but, but sometimes pipes are tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Pipes are tricky. Yeah. You know, they bend sometimes. Yeah, but like getting them sealed <laughs> properly and getting them yeah, to I fit. Yeah, the torch like, and everything. Well, and yeah, the... because like sometimes, like it, that's the weird thing about the guts of a house. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it should be simple. Yeah. But as soon as you sit down and try to do it, you know, it's sort of like, but why Why is it still leaking a little bit? Because yeah. you don't have that thing. Yeah. That one thing that makes you know how to stop that. Whatever the fuck that is. I learned how is. to clean the pipe and then you got to sweat can wrap, the joint. But you got to wrap that. The that, sod of flux with the torch and everything. Yeah, I was terrible at it. That's right. when I realized. And my father But there's some sort too. of tape you put in a joint. Like Teflon. Around, on yeah, the, uh, the Teflon, Teflon tape. tape on a, on That's a, my, that, I didn't one. torch anything. But I, I had a guy come in and fucking remount my toilet. And I thought, you know, just because I was there watching him, that I felt like I had done it myself. And I was... And I was proud. I was like, oh, let's get back to the truck. But I love that guy. Yeah. I mean, I call him for anything now. Yeah. Like, even though, like, out here, that job, like, I once talked about it on stage in North Carolina about mm. what I had done. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently, the, the mount, like, I didn't realize that the toilet just sits over a hole. Yeah. And that there's a mount and then and there's the a seal? wax seal. Oh, yeah, the seal. Well, the something thing. had gone, you know, the seal had eroded and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, and the, everything was corroded. So you had to take the toilet off and then re- Reseat you know, it? Yeah, put the, uh, put a new mount in and a new seal in and all that shit. 
and it cost me like nine hundred dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, but that's not that's but, but that's wait, L.A. prices. You got a shit. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> it's you, like it's and like you don't want it coming down the floor. Yeah, yeah. He's, they they said, "Look, I got him by the ass." Yeah, but <laughs> is this your father's jokes? No, this is just. <laughs> but but I, I didn't have that. See, see, that's and that's the thing. But that craftsmanship and that attention to detail and watching my father do that stuff. But the ability to repair, too. To repair and to, to design and to make it work and make it fit. Yeah. And uh, I, was always, I was always enamored with that ability, and I didn't have it. And what, I, I really felt less then because I don't. You know? But was there a time where he was, like, taking you through the, the, the sort of the, the whatever, whatever the saying is, did he want you to do that? He wanted, he wanted us to be happy, but he was the, the thing that my father... Uh, wanted us to be better than him. He'd always said, he goes, hey, my, Make, I'm, I'm not your friend. Yeah. I'm your father. Right. He goes, <laughs> my job is to give you a better life than I had, and I'm not breaking my ass if you're not going to pay attention. <laughs> what does that mean? You're out if you don't yeah, like, he goes, like, appreciate me? He goes, let's, yeah, let's pick this. There was no question in my house yeah. who was, I remember once I said, Pop, we don't think this is fair. Yeah. Is fair? <laughs> Let me explain something to you. You live in a dictatorship. I'm the dictator. The minute you feel you have a vote as to what goes on in this house, just sit down till that feeling goes away. Did he say that? Exactly. <laughs> and I went, you know, I went to my brothers. I go, all right, you know the coup d'etat? It's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It. We can't take yeah, over. Wait, that's no, it. We're done. There's no possibility as long as that guy's in the house. You know what he used to do? I, he would let us do what we had to do, but it was very... I would go out like on a school night. I had to be home at like nine o'clock, whatever it was. Right. And he went to work in the dark and came home in the dark. He was always working. So he Wait, said, in the morning, early, yeah, early. Yeah. yeah. So I remember him saying, right, you want to go out and do what you got to do? Fine. I'm setting my alarm for 9 p.m. You better turn it off before I do. <laughs> and I had to come home and make sure the alarm, not waking him up, make sure the alarm was off and reset for him to get up in the morning because that he, was his game. That, that was, was his game. One night I didn't. What was your mother home. doing? What my mother? Well, my mother was like, what, she's not going to get in the way. Whatever he says. Whatever your father says, I don't want. <laughs> can someone help me clean this? Yeah. There was always no one yeah. helped clean. Yeah, yeah. So one night I didn't get home in time. I actually blacked out the house. I threw the fuse <laughs> because I had to stop the clock from going. Oh, off. really? Yes. Was he? Uh, a good guy or an angry yeah. guy? No, he was he was a good guy that was just overwhelmed. You know, he was a really good guy, my dad. Three brothers, and how'd they turn yeah. out? Great. Yeah. They, you know, well, Be overwhelmed with that, everything? Overwhelmed with the survival, the financial survival, and, and just the... He had a temper. There was no question that he was in charge, and he was... Yeah. And he had a temper, and he would yell a yeah. lot. Yeah. He had a look, too. Yeah. I have a line in my act. He yeah. had, not, my father would give you the look. Not only did you know you were in trouble, but yeah. all the plants would die. Yeah. <laughs> all around you. Yeah. It's yeah. like he gave me that look at the beach once, and the tide went out. Yeah. I mean, it was just... Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, a yeah. formidable, yeah, powerful yeah. man. Yeah. And when he yelled, the earth shook, and then you could see him feel bad about it. Because he was yeah. a powerful guy. And he yeah. never... He had great empathy, my yeah. father. He was, right. he was a great... Uh, great humanitarian. He yeah. believed people. He goes, hey, people fuck up. Mm -hmm. He goes, you're going to fuck up. I'm going to fuck up. He goes, you're, you're going to fuck up worse than me. Right. Only because you're younger than me. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, already yeah. known that I'm not going to fuck up that way again. <laughs> right. That's a good lesson. So I understand, but yeah. it's not, I'm not going to do it, but yeah. I know where you're at. But I'm going to fuck up with different shit. Yeah. So get past you fucking up and forgive others for fucking up. That's a true thing, man. Is that Because that's sort of like the idea of... Uh, the notion of sin, you know, mm -hmm. like in, in Catholicism or anything else. The idea of sin is not 
it's not there to make us be perfect people. It's there to for us to to calibrate mm-hmm. our, yeah, our, okay. our our morality. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like we're not it, the, the sins aren't something that we can eradicate. Mm-hmm. You just know that they're bad. Yeah, and then when it happens, it's like oh, that's you know that can get pretty bad. And if you keep doing it, yeah, you're not then, learning from the sin. My father always. That's why they invented hell is because of that. This guy keeps doing it. Listen, he doesn't. <laughs> He, he keeps doing. Yeah, he's he's this, not. What are we gonna we do? We give him a lot of shots. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he wants to live down there. How long can I do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When is enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When is this guy gonna just give it a rest? Yeah. He's gonna hurt himself and end up in hell. But which were you is, brought up with that Catholicism? Yeah, I was brought up with the idea of do unto others. Um, again, my father he didn't like herd mentalities. My dad and he looked at religion and everything. He goes, oh, good. But it was he was very funny because he he pretty much said, look. You've been baptized. Yeah. You've made your confirmation. You made your first communion. Yeah. We're Catholics. Yeah. All your paperwork is done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You want to go to church? Fine. You <laughs> can go. Sundays, I won't be there. Because <laughs> if God's everywhere Sunday, God and I are going to watch football. Right. Go in peace. Yeah. That was it. But he knew that he had done his responsibility. He did his due diligence. Yeah. The, with the ones that you can't, that you have yeah. to do. Yeah. You know, look, they say this is what you got to do. You got to do it. To get into a sacred gated community. Right. Okay. That's right. But the, the Sunday thing's negotiable. Yeah. If you I'm did not, the other stuff. I got shit to do. Yeah. You got baptized. You did the yeah. thing. What? You, so you're in. Yeah. <laughs> I made my confirmation. It was during the week. You make mm. your first. Uh, uh, I don't even know what that com- shit is. Communion. It's it's your. Oh, the first communion is when you commun- eat the the, yeah. the cracker. Body of Christ. There mm-hmm. you go. Right, but you, your but confirmation your, is. But first is communion, like your bar mitzvah. Right, but first communion. I got a bike. You got a trust fund. Oh, I wish I got a trust fund. Mm-hmm. Got a few bucks. I might have a few Israel bonds I haven't cashed for twenty five dollars that matured in nineteen seventy seven. That's my tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got <laughs> got a few trees, but those get planted, uh, you know, before. Mm-hmm. But um. But the communion thing is something, when, the first communion is the first time you take yeah. the sacrament, yeah. right? Yeah. And what, what age is that? You go to, ah, God, I'm, I'm going to say sixth grade and I'm probably wrong. So you don't So you don't eat the body of Christ before that? You're not supposed to. Okay, you know, okay. First but, so that's a thing. thing. I think the baptism is a thing, first communion is a thing. Confirmation. Confirmation. That's your paperwork. That's, Those are, you that's the three yeah. things. And you did all that. Yeah. We need proof of insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. License, yeah. registration, right. whatever. And that you know who Jesus is. Yeah. You you get you got the yeah. idea. Yeah. You know that you're not supposed to fuck up and, and yeah. you know. He's dead, your fault. Yeah. You know <laughs> He's dead. And for you, he yeah. died. For yeah. you, as an example. Mm-hmm. All right, so that didn't stick. Well, it didn't. It, it, it was, uh, my father didn't like the whole <laughs> yeah. kind of. What about your mother? Yeah. Your mother must have some. My mother had the saints, and now she's still got the saints and, yeah, and, yeah. and the figurines. And she's a convenient Catholic, my yeah, mom. Yeah, like, yeah. we wanted to sell a house. There's a thing called St. Joseph. You bury St. Joseph in your yard, and it's supposed to bring bias to the house. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know you had to bury him upside down. So you buried him right side up? I didn't bury I can't. What do you home. buy the statue, you mean? Yeah, they oh they sell him. Yeah, no, I know. Oh sure. So she buried the Saint Joseph. My and... father was digging the hole. I go, What are you doing? He's like, Your mother, I gotta bury this little man in this little hole. <laughs> because your mother wants to sell the house. Nice Catholic family. Son, I'll sell it to Jews, Muslims, Martians. If you're pre approved, this is the house for you. <laughs> he didn't care. He didn't care. So he goes to bed, my mother goes to, she does something and one of her girlfriends, you know, yeah. those pain in the ass older lady uh, like i just don't understand carl can't get a job uh, carl's drinking rum at 7 30 in the morning it's not it's not the economy <laughs> yeah yeah says well did you bury him upside down yeah and my mother panics yeah she's like like she can't even watch wheel of fortune anymore because she just it's a w just yeah, yeah. screaming yeah yeah so she comes rushing home wakes up my father did you bury him upside down and they're out in the middle of the night dig trying to find it because get out of here. she's afraid that you know if he's facing one. east terrorists will show up but that he doesn't was, fucking know but, but that was one of those moments where your father could have said yeah i did 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess he didn't think of it. <laughs> but he's out there digging a hole and spinning yeah. the thing. She on. must have known that he was lying. Yeah. Because he would think, like, you know, of course, yeah, I buried it upside down. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah, did you? What no. am I, a heathen? <laughs> okay, I knew. Of course I, I did. And who bought the house? Good uh, Catholics? I don't, I, no, yeah. a lawyer. I think a Jewish guy bought a lawyer, bought the house. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you start doing comedy? Because I remember you from when we mm-hmm. were kids, kind of. Yeah. I, I think, uh, but I, I don't remember where, where how did you start? Where you started? I started on Long Island. I started um, at uh, Eastside Comedy Club. Not Pips? No, that was Brooklyn. I started Eastside Comedy Club, Richie Minervini. Pips was Sheep's Head Bay. Oh, that's right. That's right, Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and I met you uh, in the city, but you were a city comic. You were like one of those intelligent city comics, and I was always a little intimidated. I can't remember when the fuck we first met, though. I think we were at the cellar. I, I don't remember when we first met, but I remember one night we both had spots at the cellar. Like, we were right after each other on yeah. three shows on a Saturday. Yeah. And we went for a, we went to the Shakespeare Book Company, yeah. and I bought Jerusalem Syndrome and made you sign it. Oh. Yeah. It was, because I was like, wow, he wrote a book. Yeah. And I was like, wow, he's, he's smart. I, I, yeah, I don't, like, because I feel like, you know, it, it wasn't a matter of smart, but you always were like... Um, you're you you're a very good uh, performer, mm-hmm. and you know, and, I, and you were very uh, charming, and you you had a lo- you did a lot of long form stuff and a mm-hmm. lot of relationship stuff, and you were always so chipper up there. It used to drive me nuts. He's <laughs> 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 like, this guy's a real showman. This it's one, that fucking smile. Yeah, on yeah. Face. Look at him. He just he just he just milking it. Oh, look at him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's not joy he's making it up yeah I, I felt like i think i feel like the, uh, there was another time i feel like when i lived in when did you start headlining really really like um, early though right yeah it was early but it was um i'm gonna say 90 i started july 13th 1988 it was my first wednesday night open mic is that true that's yeah. when you started that's first when you first stage. started that's first when open mic stuff in august of 88 i start i had been doing it maybe two years and that's when i started working mm-hmm. yeah i didn't start working i started on long island and i started haunting open mics and I got lucky. In I, Long Island? Yeah. How many could there have been? There was a lot at that point, because 88, that's when everyone- the Boom, huh? Well, they figured out it was cheap to produce. Where the fuck was uh, that other one, Governor's? Governor's still there. They yeah. have a great sound system they used to yeah. have. Yeah, they, they still have still that there. good sound system? Yeah. They still let people smoke in the room? <laughs> no. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, Jesus, dude. It, but at, they, at, in my memory, they were letting people do it after it was a, you know, mm-hmm. like a law. But I remember it was like like- it was definitely one of those rooms. Maybe not. Yeah. But it was definitely one of those rooms where people fucking smoked. Oh, yeah. Smoked. <laughs> dr- yeah. We're not fucking around. Yeah. And I would smoke on stage because I wanted to be like Bill Hicks. Yeah. So, I smoked on stage all the time. Yeah. I set my hair on fire once. You're kidding. Flipping my hair up. Yeah. I said, yeah. But I set my hair on fire. Like said, Gene Simmons spitting the fire? Well, no. It was like I used to smoke, but like my hair was long, so it gets sweaty and sometimes it falls. So I used to do this thing where I mm-hmm. whip my hair back and somehow or another I managed to ignite it. <laughs> And uh, but I smoked on stage all the time. You don't smoke anymore. No, do you? no, I quit. Yeah, yeah. How much did you smoke? I was a pack a day for a while. I smoked. I quit for a long time, and then I quit for about three years, and then I got a job. I met Leary. Right back to smoking again. We were all. He goes smoking. on and off. Yeah, but we were. This was this was the first show. What's the job? The job. Yeah, and we were all just smoking. Lenny was smoking big cigars. We were all smoking. Lenny, like, big Lenny was smoking big cigars. Big cigars. Yeah. I uh, all right, but before all that, so you start in 1988, and then what? You you do the the workout on the island. When yeah. did you start coming in? I didn't it? start the city because I knew the city was like you know I didn't want to go in until I felt I was ready. But you weren't headlining by '89. No, no, I was headlining by I'm gonna say three years in. So let's say '90 90, '91. But it was yeah, like I'm trying it to was, remember Scar Patty Rooms. 
Andy Scarpati had no. those rooms in Philly. Those little like just, they were no, just weekend well, you rooms. and I ran in different circles because you know you can speak the language mm-hmm. of someone <laughs> from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like I think that was another point of contention with me is that you know I was always like I'm a bizarre you know strange man. Mm-hmm. I can only speak. To, I can't speak the language of men. Yeah. Well, it's the vocabulary. Yeah. yeah well, right. He uses too many syllables. It was not even. I don't think it was that complicated. But I had a sensitivity and a, a weird discomfort that was mm-hmm. like, why does this guy just get it together? <laughs> <laughs> When's he going to realize that the women you can't you can't do anything with them? Usually they're a problem. He's and complaining it about everything. Yeah. Does, does he come to the conclusion it's probably him? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But that's one of the things I admired about you is the introspection and in talking about uh, the feelings and stuff. Right. Italians, we didn't, you know. You just had you had a couple. You had like anger. Yeah, <laughs> and you're either asleep or pissed off. That was the whole thing. I remember once telling my father, I said, "Pop, I'm not happy. Welcome to Earth." <laughs> No, he did not. Yes. Come on. There was no. That's hilarious. He really said that? Yes. He would say, he goes, you know what it is? You got too much time on your hands to worry about what you don't have. You really want to be happy? Put a bank on your back for 30 years. Go buy a house and a mortgage. And every month when you pay it off, fuck you. Got you again. Yeah. See you next month. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's fucking, uh, I I like that advice. That's the amazing thing that I was denied Mm. by not having uh, like a working class yeah, yeah, family. I'm like my, my grandfather was, but I don't mm-hmm. remember. I was never old enough to talk to him about that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's something about people who accept their lot in life yeah. that know what they're here to do. They're okay with dying to some degree, mm-hmm. as long as they're living the life that they want to live, and that's yeah. that. Yeah, make it well. It's it's also it what he was doing, and now when I, I look back, he was defining himself. He said, look, I got my wife, I yeah. love her. I'm gonna take care of my. Family. This is what I got to do. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. I got time for other shit, fine. But yeah. If I got time on my hands, I'm not gonna wonder why I'm here. I know yeah. I'm here to make these people's lives better, and hopefully we can go camping. Yeah, that was it. You did. You went camping? Yeah, we went camping. You ever see Italians camp? No. My mother's hanging fucking cheese Stop in the tree. It. I Stop swear it. to God. Come on. I swear to God. Salamis. Yeah, we yeah. had that. My we had a boat. We had a that makes sense. Seventy one, uh, nineteen seventy one, uh, Sea Ray Cuddy Cabin. So your dad liked the boat. Yeah, yeah we would go up to Lake George with fresh water and camp on New an York? island. Yeah, really. And he made this little. So you put thing the boat on the trailer. On a trailer, drove up in the van. First, we would pull it in a caddy yeah. in a seventy coupe of it, like gangsters yeah. breaking a break for it. Yeah, yeah. This big long Cadillac pulling a boat. Yeah. And my father made this little sink with a pump and two cabinets. He, and he built would, it. Built it, put yeah. it in the back of the boat. Yeah. It would come up out, and my mother would put it in the tent. And we had a kitchen. We had running water on a fucking island. That's hilarious. Yeah, he made a pump and a, and a waste. So what? You had what? You have a tent? Yeah, we had a tent. I used to sleep in the boat because yeah. when it rained, you couldn't get near the side of the tent because the water would come in. And then I figured these guys are idiots. This, yeah. this boat's a cabin. It's yeah. a hard roof. I'll sleep in the boat. So this is a regular family thing. Yeah, every year, camping. two weeks at Lake George. That was the big event. And when you water ski and shit, water ski, you go snorkeling, you go fishing. That's good. Great. Good family stuff. Yeah. Mom's trying to make ziti on a barbecue with a tin foil. She's, <laughs> yes. That's sweet, man. We went skiing. Yeah? Yeah, but it was not the same. Like, I always, like, boat people, I I'm so, uh, have so much anxiety. Like, I know, like, I think Louis bought a boat. Mm-hmm. Another guy I know, John Groff, bought a boat. I'm like, where the fuck did you put it? When you, what did yeah. you? Well, we didn't, have, we didn't live by the water. We trailered it. It sat in the sun. We dug out uh, on our side lawn. We just tr- uh, trimmed the whole place to put the boat, and my father would back the damn thing right into and the And just woods. sit there, you cover it, and you sit. Cover it up, sit there, and we'd wash it every night and take care of it. it was, yeah. You know. yeah, that's the boat. And then two weeks a year, you took the boat out. Well, we'd go in the uh, on Long Island, too. We would go down to uh, and go out into the uh, 
the uh, Long Island Sound. Did you fish? North Shore. Yeah, my father wasn't a really big fish guy. He no. wasn't a fisherman. He liked the boat. He liked to ski. He liked to drive the boat. But he uh, doesn't yeah. really like. But that was, so he, he knew how to to re- recreate. Yeah. All right. So you start doing comedy. Yeah. And your father says what? Do oh best thing you ever said. I like I said before. I don't have that if then go to statement yeah. mechanically. Yeah. Like my father can fix anything. Yeah. Cars too yeah. is his big thing. Is one yeah. of the reasons I like cars is right. it brings me comfort. But yeah. I can't fix them. I know what shit is. Yeah. But I can't do it. Yeah. So I remember, it was Anthony too. Me and Anthony would try to do something. Brakes on the car and Anthony leaves. You're trying to fix the car? Fix my car, yeah. And Anthony couldn't do it either. Well, he did it, but he left, and I had something else. To he knows do. how to fix cars. Yeah, he's really mechanical, Ant. So Ant goes home, and I'm trying to do something. And there's Mark, there's freaking blood and oil and skin and wrenches yeah. flying. <laughs> yeah. My father's standing in the doorway. He's got a Lucky Strike hanging out of his mouth. That was his cigarette. Yeah, he smoked Luckies, and he was sitting there, and, he, and I'm just frustrated. Ah. And he comes over, he puts his hand on my shoulder, and goes, "Son, you're gonna have to get a job." You're going to have to work at something for the rest of your life. <laughs> this ain't it. <laughs> Let it go. He just saw that you. He said, this ain't it. You're not a natural. Yeah. Yeah. So I go to college. I come back. What did you study there? Finance. I went to Marist College in Poughkeepsie. And I think I have a, de- I have a degree in finance. You I think? I think. It's like I went through the, the motions. Four years? Four years, yeah. I got the degree. But wait, so you weren't doing comedy till after college? No, I was last year. I was in the band. I was talking about guitar. I was in this this terrible band in college. The eight bars. song band, yeah. two. eight song band. Yeah, born to be wild twice. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah, and now we. Uh, but that was. But was that a real dream of yours? Did you really? No, think that? but being on stage, being uh, it felt better than anything else I was doing. I was working at a defense company. I was digging holes and putting up sheds and clearing stuff. And Poughkeepsie. In uh, Long Island, but I would drive up to Poughkeepsie. For school? For school. What was that, like an hour? Yeah, hour like two and a half from Long Island. So you weren't living up there. You'd have to go. No, I was in the dorm, but I came home and worked every weekend because, you know, first year of college, it was like everyone drinks too much. Yeah. You have friends you think you're going to have forever. I'm in a band. This is it. I'm home. Yeah. Then you sober up year two. You, yeah. you carry an extra 15 pounds. You realize that guy's a drug addict. He just wrecked my car. No, he owes me money. You. Let me you, get the fuck out of here. You realize that. Yeah. And you're going to go uh, put uh, fence posts in the ground. Yeah. So yeah. I went to work because I had money in my pocket. Yeah. You know. So I worked every weekend because I always had to work. I always needed to. Well, your dad wasn't going to give you any handouts. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. It no. wasn't, there, there wasn't a stipend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. So I came home and I worked and uh, I finished college. I told my father, I want to try and be a stand-up. And he took a long drag off the Lucky and he I just went. Oh, fucking Luckies. I love that he smoked Luckies. It's He's crazy. Like, you going to do this? He goes, do it now. He goes, do it now before your life gets complicated. He goes, the worst feeling in the world you're going to have is you're going to wake up one morning and look in the mirror. There's going to be an old guy looking back at you. And you never want to think, if I only tried a little bit harder. Yeah. So give it everything you got. Fuck. I was like, fuck, <laughs> is that great? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember the first time. Yeah, because it wasn't important what it was. It was your commitment. and the, and the, the Do the, it. Yeah, the idea that you're going to have regrets. That's what I think. And I've come to find this out. He loved his family and yeah. he committed to do what he's doing, but he had a lot of regrets. Not not that his life turned out the way it was, right. but he wanted to be an inventor. He wanted to, cars. He ran a gas station at 19. He had 40-year-old guys working for him yeah. fixing cars and stuff. Yeah. And I think he, my wife actually got to know him when he was dying yeah. of cancer the last three years of his life. He got to meet my wife and he told my wife stuff I never knew about regret it, it's doesn't. interesting what they talk to about to women about isn't it yeah yeah about <laughs> us forget it where, yeah, yeah, where was i when i needed it yeah, yeah. he but, told you that yeah i didn't know that <laughs> you're kidding yeah, so that's funny how yeah. long have you been married i've been married two years we've been together about eight maybe uh-huh so all in is it eight or ten something mm-hmm. like that. 
All right, so you start doing comedy the last year of college? Yeah, last year of college, I started doing comedy. I but was it, what was the idea there? You know, because like, you know, you seem to have leveled off a bit with, you know, finding your groove with the, mm -hmm. the Leary camp and doing the acting, and then yeah. that kind of got you on the Nurse Jackie and stuff yeah. like that. And you're always sort of acting. It was always sort of the thing. But I mean, you were a real comic, and you did your time, and you, you know, you fucking had a good headlining set. What was the, the initial impetus for con doing for comedy? comedy? Yeah. The initial impetus was uh, prior. It yeah. was the comedy hours. We were talking before we, yeah. about the podcast and yeah. how we listen to it. And it right. brings me back again to those, to listening to spoken words, listening to Richard Pryor, listening to the 2,000-year-old man, yeah. Robert Klein. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so Klein Chris was a guy. Rush and, well, it was more Pryor. Chris Rush. There's Remember an Rush? Yeah. Fucking great. He's still around, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he lives in Queens. Yeah, I feel like I, I didn't know him that well, but I and I didn't like you knew him from live work. Yeah, I knew him from live from, and listening to the albums. Yeah, and 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 then actually being able to talk to him and seek him out. Yeah, he was around. He's got he had a shaved head for a yeah, while. Yeah, right? still does. Yeah, that doesn't come back. You listen to his records. <laughs> yeah, I had those records. Really? Yeah. How'd you get those records? I forget. You know where I got them? I got them. I'm gonna say through Anthony had them. We were listening. That makes sense. When he was starting out on radio. Yeah. Anthony, no, I had no. Anthony had them uh, they, when you were a kid. When we were kids, the, really? that was one of the guys we would we would listen because to. because he was a local guy. He wasn't. A, he was. He like, wasn't. A, he, yeah, he wasn't. But he was smart as hell. I oh mean, yeah, he did all the smart stuff, all the, all yeah. the sci-fi stuff, and yeah. all the, the drug stuff. And Inter that's interesting. You cite him as a as an influence because yeah. he's like this weird unsung hero. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, I, I should seek him out. I like guys like that. You know, I interviewed Vitaly. I put that. How's up. that? It was great. Yeah. You know, I mean, because it was it was like it was an almost story. <laughs> It's an almost yeah. You, you, <laughs> like it's true. a great story about something that almost happened, like Anvil. Yeah, well, it is kind of like that. Yeah, but Danny was always like you know, like a sweet, tormented guy mm -hmm. that just couldn't you know get. A, yeah. You know, he's always gonna, always gonna fuck himself. Now, who was you? What was, what was the voice that spoke to you that made you to go? Okay, I'm gonna do this. Well, when I was a kid, I mean, I loved like, I loved the old guys like mm -hmm. Buddy Hackett and you know Don Rickles, Jackie Vernon. Yeah. When I was real young, yeah, yeah. But I think that once I, once I saw that first prior movie, yeah, live in concert, the Santa Monica concert when Patti LaBelle opened it, yeah, he just walked up, yeah, that with same the red one. shirt, same one. Once I, saw, I went the to heart a, attack bit, yeah. Once I went to a, it was a, it was a movie theater, mm -hmm. and I was like maybe fifty. Yeah. And me and my buddy Dave, you know, we got our driver's license at 15 in Albuquerque. We went to see a midnight movie of that movie, and that changed everything. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you're sitting in a fucking movie theater, yeah. and people are just losing Boom. it. Boom. Losing it. I got- I've never seen anything like that. No, I I had the same experience, but not in a theater, but the same show. We, uh -huh. went to, uh, we went to one of those houses. My father was building a kitchen for the for the rich people. Yeah. So, and we you know, come over the house. Yeah. So we would go, and we get, there's one of those places where you get the warning from your mother in the car. Oh, yeah. Now your father does business with these people. Do not embarrass us. Yeah, don't break anything. Yes. Yeah. You little animals. So they so invite you over. Right? They're watching prior that concert. And all the adults are in one room, and the kids are playing whatever. And the, the adults go for coffee. Yeah. I snuck in. Yeah. Rewound the tape, push play, blew my head off. Yeah. I didn't understand a lot of it, but I remember, Mark, I remember audibly saying, look what this man can do. Unbelievable, and it was the, and, and so light, like so light on his feet, and so casual about and the, the, it, and, and, and the pathos, just the, the emotions. Yeah, he's real. Yeah, a lot of heart, and that's what I think. That's why I 
wanted to be and again I'm I'm forming these ideas now looking back but a professional yeah. comic that could perform and move people that that's and what yeah I really and right and then also make these weird these like very sort of poignant points about you know relationship about struggle yeah. just about humanity humanity just yeah. to give voice to that feeling because I never my father and again going back to my father he never really got to address those feelings and and give himself any release as far as dealing with emotions he just it was just survival yeah survival and a, 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 a almost like a tradition of how yeah. things are done yeah honorable it's, character yeah yeah like you know like this is the this is mm -hmm. what i'm doing this mm -hmm. is what i was trained to do which can lead to a lot of closed-mindedness no absolutely you know, i mean there was a lot of stubbornness that, and yeah. sort of like oh. you know we don't have time to indulge that kind of bullshit yeah but that's what's what's surprising is that he was, you know, so immediately sort of supportive of of, of something that you really wanted mm -hmm. to do without dragging you into that, which you, without you dragging into that mindset. Yeah, well, know, I think he beating it out of I you. I couldn't. I couldn't survive in his world. I couldn't thrive in his world. I what about what your brothers end up doing? Chefs. They're both chefs. So that's that world, kinda. Kinda. Yeah. Well, it's a very. I mean, even the work ethic. Um, when, chefs when work we write, hard. Oh, late nights and well, that was the thing about our house. It was the place, but everything happened late at night because my brothers or they were off work at like you know yeah. midnight. I'm coming home from a gig. Uh -huh. We're making grilled cheese at one in the morning. Yeah. You know, chefs. Oh man, I love chefs because they it, not. Un it's funny because not unlike comedy, there's something immediately satisfying about mm -hmm. preparing food. Yeah. That like you know you get all your chops in place and then when yep. you fucking like you plate that thing, boom, it's like a good joke yeah boom again instant boom gratification again. it is a little yeah. bit but bam airline bit yeah right. exactly <laughs> <laughs> took it took a year to put it together <laughs> yeah and now i got it up and running yeah but yeah. what even when i'm writing yeah. I, I i hear my father's voice small shit yeah it makes that words not right it's oh like really my sensitivities to why something like as we do this my editing process has gotten a lot quicker i you know it's weird because i do i build everything on stage so it takes longer i, I build it too but do you listen Sometimes I have that's been. that's what and again I get that from listening to the, the albums and yeah. stuff and with kids I can listen I process better by listening. Well, it's weird that when you nail something that first time mm -hmm. and you still can't figure out how to get it yeah. back and you don't you can't explain it other Fine. than like it just must have been that night. Yeah. It was something about the inflection. You know, it's not even the word. Mm -hmm. There was just something about the immediacy of that moment that I can't fucking recapture. Yeah. And the worst when you have it and it goes away. You have jokes go away. Yeah, well, that's Fuck. I usually that's just because you you're done with it. Yeah, also, it's also the delivery. You're not the, selling it. Yeah. You're tired of it. But even, even when you exhausted those places yeah. to look when something goes away, yeah. there was a, a buddy of mine said there was a, a play. Yeah. And they, and I forget the story, but the the play is a, the guy would get a laugh every time he asked for the tea. Uh-huh. And so in the play, he started asking for the tea and the laugh went away. And the director said, you're not asking for the tea anymore. You're asking for the laugh. Oh, that's interesting. So I yeah. I try to say, am I asking for the tear? Am I asking for the laugh? Are you in it? Are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so yeah. I always remember that story. And it and it, well, that's oh. sort of the difference between you know being in it and doing the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because it's party after, even when you're tired of bits. It's like my job is to yeah. I got to entertain these people. Yeah, rarely are you in it on a late show Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god alright so so okay so you get in it for prior and you want to do the thing get in it for prior listen to uh, listen to a lot of you know Carlin yeah. listen to all that stuff but you like Robert Klein too I mean Klein and those I was guys not, I'm not a big Klein guy not a big Klein guy well no and even Carlin I, I appreciated him but uh -huh. he was so anal about you, you know like I could never like I always gravitate towards the guys who are a little more raw and seemed to be kind of well, winging what it. What I got from from Carlin was the structure he yeah, was oh, yeah. very oh, structured yeah. completely I got that from structure and then um, the San Francisco guys really got me. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Robin and um, 
Proops. Yeah, how'd you get? How'd you come in touch with just being a fan? How'd you find Pearl and Proops just as being like through other comics? Through other comics, but you must have been touring by that point because I was out. Yeah, I was out and and on the road, and you know, you'd see guys. It's like we so early nineties, early nineties. You heard about Pearl and Proops? Yeah. Yeah, because the first time you see Pearl, you're like, holy fuck. It's just reference after reference after reference. And just this weird, maniacal pace. Did you yeah. spend time with him offstage? I've never met him. Yeah, I've never met him. I, I never... Because you can't find his material on anything. No, there was no YouTube then. There was other guys, you know, And well, there's definitely that, that whole... That San Francisco thing that mm-hmm. started with with Pearl and then Warren Thomas and then mm-hmm. Proops and Robin, that, that core group of that style yeah. is very specific. And then Boston got me, too. But that's a whole other thing. What, what yeah. Gavin, Gavin and Lenny, Gavin and Sweeney, and Sweeney, Rogerson, Rogerson. Yeah, and I got to work best. with Rogerson. Those Boston guys, that whole was survival. Thing. That whole was again. Thing. That was again. It was Lenny. Lenny Clark fills up a fucking room. He's just even working with him. I, that's where I started working. Was in, in that environment. Nick's. Yeah. You know, uh, you know the Catch Rising Star in, in mm-hmm. Cambridge, but there was these two worlds there. That when Catch Rising Star came in, you had Nick's in all the satellite rooms. But that's where I started working mm-hmm. as a comic was in New England. Right. So I would always be. I would work with all the, the McDonald's, mm-hmm. the you know Mike McDonald, George McDonald, Warren McDonald. Mm-hmm. The Mike is not related to, to <laughs> right. George. You know the Gavins, mm-hmm. the uh, you know Gavin Don Gavin, and then you know Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Kevin Knox. Yeah. Uh, before he passed, you know, like I was definitely you know i got that's where my brain was filled up with yeah. how live comedy is done with those boston guys but the outside of survival you know with the san francisco and boston style regional style mm-hmm. you know those guys you know they had a tone yeah they had a pace there's I a mean, texas style too though sure there is yeah. yeah but like that that boston style like between gavin and mm-hmm. lenny that is some fast shit fast quick smart yeah yeah, and I because I on Long Island it was about the perform. I started with uh, Richie Minervini was the Godfather. He was the guy that owned Eastside Comedy. Uh-huh. He gave us all stage time. So it was me, Kevin James, Gary Valentine, Rock Rubin, Matt Burke in Queens, and mm-hmm. then Rob Bartlett had an improv group. I was in Bartlett. I used to hear about. I don't. Yeah. What happened to that guy? He's still he's still working for Imus, MSNBC. Didn't he Doing tour with the women? Did plays and stuff. Didn't what? he tour with like? Wasn't there? He had the Bartlets. He had yeah. backup singers and yeah, stuff. Right, it was right. great. It was, yeah. it was like all this. It was a, a whole show. Yeah. So we started like that so i didn't go into the city because i knew that it was a different animal how did you not end up in the the kevin james camp ultimately as far as what well i mean it looks like well yeah it looks like he carried a bunch of people yeah i i've done like three of those episodes and we uh i was in mall cop with him the phone rings he's a guilty pleasure of mine it's very funny you know because people don't know they i've seen him work live i've seen him own a fucking room but he's got the he's got a natural gift of physical comedy like he's one of those guys where like if he's standing still yeah yeah, he can get laughed. He's got that that Gleason esque Gigo. Yeah, but he, like he can't help but be funny. You like he like he, that's this weird, almost genetic. Yeah, it gift. comes out of him. It's yeah, whole, yeah. Like even can't. even the bit I remember working on the uh, the bit the the uh, greeting card bit of him just looking for it. Yeah, because we started together. What happened was. We had the same agent, and none of us could fill time for a college gig, so we couldn't yeah. go on our own. Right. So I would do whatever stand-up I had, yeah. he would do whatever stand-up he had, and then we'd do the improv games. Right. We'd do two-man right. freeze sure. tag. And Remember when that was a thing on the road where you tour, and they're like, you, yeah. know, you have to do improv games with the headliner and the opener, and you're like, oh. Yeah, I was like, I need this, but I grew up doing that in Long right. Island, so right. me and Kevin figured out we could make some money doing this. Right. And this is how important comedy was to us. 
we heard the uh, the wide right, the Buffalo Bills, New York Giants Super Bowl on yeah. the side of the thruway going to do a nooner at Jefferson College. Oh, those are the worst. Listening on the fucking radio. Why they radio. Eat lunch? Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, terrible. But comedy was more important to us than football at that yeah. point. That doesn't immediately resonate with me, but I'm sure some people would be like, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have football in my life. Books, sure, whatever. whatever. Sadness, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedy was more important than tea and tears, sure, yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> it, 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 I definitely did all those gigs, and you never thought twice about it. No, you took, but them you all. hated going. Oh, you knew you were walking into shit. Yeah, no, no winning. Can yeah, excuse me. Can can we turn off the pop shot uh, basketball game before the I get worst. up there? I played a bowling alley once. I did too, Cranston, Rhode Island. Yeah, Cranston Bowl. I think I've done two bowling alleys. I think there was one in Maine that you used to like the, but I remember the Cranston Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Because like back in the day, you had those, you know, the one nighters. Mm-hmm. You had the colleges. Yeah. And we weren't big college acts. So you'd Mm-mm. get the crap colleges or you'd get, you'd, you'd be a lower budget that, you know, with Anthony Clark couldn't make it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was not, the money was too low for Anthony. Yeah. He didn't want to do the lunch gig. Yeah. You have Ed Regine, <laughs> like Barry Katz had all of that shit. Shit, that, yeah, all that knacker shit wrapped up, but there was all those one nighters, so you mm-hmm. never knew what the fuck. I, yeah, when I colleges stuck. are the worst because you get these student activities people that tell the booker like, yeah, yeah, we'll set up the room. I, you, you walk in like you chairs? Can we have chairs? Yeah. Oh, you need chairs? Yeah, microphone be good. Yeah, you know, two. is there a light to stand under? Ridiculous. It well, the I remember when I first started. The best gigs you got was the ones that actually said comedy club after the... Oh, like, yeah. You're working... Not comedy night. Yeah, you're working the steak and sword. Yeah. You know, you're working this yeah, restaurant. Comedy and, night. Yeah. yeah, not comedy night, but comedy club. I'm like, oh, this is the real deal now. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. I, yeah, my whole first two years of uh, of doing stand-up was those, was one yeah. night. It was all bars and struck to get people's Hotel attention. Hotel ballrooms. Oh, those Four gigs. wall joints. Yeah. yeah. Like, where, well, they, they would just contract out to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes, it, like, you, your, your one gig would be the last of it. Yeah. Yeah, you never knew if the gigs will last. Madam Wu's Comedy Den in Weehawken. Mikey it was a had, Chinese restaurant. Well, Mikey had Mike Clark had a lot, of, uh, a few of those. Mm-hmm. You know, but like his have lasted. I mean, giggles that the, giggles that the still there. Tower of Pizza that yeah. that lasted, and he had to, he I, he booked me on one of the first fucking gigs I ever did. Mike yeah. Clark did. I still know his phone number. It's weird. <laughs> they can see your face like out of all the people in the world like you know when you starting out and you're calling the bookers yeah, yeah. like you know his i still know his yeah and it's still his fucking number <laughs> it's bizarre because i didn't it wasn't even like i worked for him that much but yeah. he you know i was one of the kind of guys like me that mm-hmm. he would use i was able to cross over somehow and they would use that was me. it there was some guys that could do the gig and some guys that couldn't do the gig that was the difference between long island comics was more but it was a show it yeah. was a presentation mm-hmm. where the city comics uh was uh, more like you know thinking and stand up. It was uh, ob- we observa- observational comedy, right? We had to fight it out. You were going into an adverse situation. Mm-hmm. You weren't going into a comedy club. You weren't protected by the idea that like you know this is a club. This is yeah. where people come. There's an unspoken expect- contract of their behavior, well, right? When you go out and do nothing, it's like you're fighting for your life. Yeah, and that's where you learn how to fight for your life. It's like these people and I couldn't have less in common. Mm-hmm. That was always my struggle, right? Like if I went to Long Island or any of these Boston gigs, it's like yeah. I'm walking into not enemy territory. Mm-hmm. But I'm certainly nothing that they would expect. Yeah. So how am I going to bend that into something that they fucking get? They can got it. Like, too. Yeah. How yeah. they? You know? How am I going to do that? Especially. But, uh, and then when they're drinking, it's. I used to call it lion tamer comedy with the whip in the chair. Oh my god, dude. Oh, but the Derby Park in Lowell, Massachusetts. Yeah. That was one. Hello. In Lowell, <laughs> yeah. opening for Chris Chino. 
That was yeah. one of my first paid gigs. Mike Clark sent me out there, and it was a long-standing gig yeah. in Lowell. And it was like you put you, there was you were up on this thing. That what I don't remember it being necessarily. A, it wasn't a large stage, but I remember there was a, sort of a brass, you know, thing around it, and people right here and right here, and it, I, oh my god! Mm -hmm. And I, I remember driving up there with Crescino, and he was already bitter. So that my first experience <laughs> was well, with a guy. This the guy. This sucks. That's the reason I worked quite a bit because I had a car. Yeah. So oh yeah. I would do like all those Connecticut John Shula gigs and Gary Grant. If you pick up the headliner yeah. in New York, sure, that's you right. could do it. That's right. And yeah. Patty Rossborough was a big college act and yeah. we had the same agent so I would drive Patty because Patty like I was Patty Rossborough approved Yeah. so I would drive and I would take the hits and, and, and yell at everybody and yeah. settle them down and go, yeah. pay attention to this fucking like, yeah yeah be nice and kill. be yeah. nice so yeah so then you became like then you became a touring headliner pretty quick though yeah I was I was very fortunate to do that and then I got a deal um, when they were giving everyone's deals so uh, yeah. I moved out to California you did? yeah what, like 93 Oh yeah, 90 early on. So you're a kid still, really. Yeah, and again, not knowing anything, and and just coming out. What was the deal for you? Pitched a show. You got what? No, where'd you get? They seen? found me. Someone found me on MTV because we were all remember. We everyone could do TV then. If you had five six minutes, you could do TV. Uh, basic cable had a million stand up shows. Yeah, yeah. and it was. Uh, I remember the first one. I think I did was was evening the improv or a &E Sure, or something. yeah, a and evening the improv. Rosie Carol had one. Caroline's and, comedy hour stand up yeah, spotlight something and like that. And then MTV did the half hour comedy hour, but that was mm -hmm. a, no, but it was that was HBO. MTV did the. No, they half hour few. comedy. I was MTV's half hour. Comedy. Right, I remember those. And then there was the A list. Comedy Central yeah. had a few shows All that before stuff. before they did the premium blends, mm -hmm. a different version of it. Comedy on the Road was oh, another one. John Biner. I never did that one. That was no, like the I one never I didn't did that do. one either. But John Biner was on the Odd Couple, and I always wanted to do He's, it. Just yeah, to, Biner was the character. What do you have under under leaky pipes? <laughs> Puddles. <laughs> yeah. So you come out to L.A. and you get come out to L.A. and your ass. Uh, yeah, I come out and then you know we're gonna pair you with a writer. We want you help me write, but you can't write. Times, you know yeah. all that bullshit. That's the weirdest thing, dude. That, yeah. they, and it still works that way. Where you're gonna, you know? Well, it was odd because they were trying to write this show for me, but I was having more fun on other people's shows. I was on Flying Blind. I played a nerd on that show, and I was on did a couple episodes of Caroline in the City. So I was working. You know, While you as, were out as here. an actor, and then yeah. going on the road to make stand up, you right? Know, to do stand up, and then coming back and have this deal just fall apart. That would yeah. roll into another deal that would fall apart. Yeah, but you got you had a good run of them. Yeah, we made them. I mean, uh, everyone. Yeah, said, I never made one. We made them all, yeah. but then they were all. And I got to meet these people. I got Alex Rocco played my father. Oh yeah. Lainey Kazan played yeah. my mother in one. Wild? Of them. I, I just had that experience for the first time with my show, like yeah. recently. Like uh -huh. this, I, I finally got the opportunity to make something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, Sally Kellerman and Judd Hirsch are my That's parents. Great. It's kind of wild. Fucking great. It's wild. When you get to meet these people, yeah, like I walked right. in and met Alex Rocco. Um, Mo Green Mo Green well that's what it was I met him at the Sportsman Lodge yeah. he came down to read he was going to read with me for the network uh -huh. and I had to say you know pay my respect to work uh -huh. I opened up the door and, and I just I, I just looked at him and I said Frank about George trips so everyone can play in the house and then he come, comes right in yeah. right in with the words he goes you know who I am I'm Mo Green he did the words right there for me with a big fucking smile on his face yeah. I loved him from that I mean he was so gracious it's amazing so the show doesn't get picked up yeah. right? it's terrible he calls me up, yeah, and I'm depressed. Two days, you know, just yeah. just wandering around. Yeah, phone rings. Hello, kid. It's yeah. Rocco. Yeah, I put my retirement in your hands, and you fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Don't let those bastards be in control of your happiness." And hung up the phone. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. And I've never heard from him since, but I had that moment. You seem to have a lot of great moments with old Italian guys. Your old father, Gindaloons. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the old Gindaloons. So what? Well, what broke you? Why'd you go back? 
I got the job. I got the, I got the, the, oh, the, the, the show Dennis with Leary. Leary. I auditioned for it here, um, and they shot in New York. And so I you've actually, been living here ever since, one way or another? Yeah, I've been I've been back and forth since 93. But you had an apartment in New York. I had an apartment, York. I got rid of it, then I went back to New York. Because I, I knew apartment. your ex, you know, and yeah. I knew that that thing was a... Uh, yeah, so we were living in New York, yeah. and then that show we shot, and then uh, I went back out on the road and did a couple of other shows, and then Rescue Me uh, picked back up, and Dennis you know, picked up the phone. Lenny actually picked up the phone. And said, uh, I was talking to Lenny about something, and Dennis had this character, and I went back and did Rescue Me for four or five years for that. Yeah, and it's funny. Top Gear and Nurse Jack. Well, it's funny because I work with Servicos, you know, you know, I know. my guy. And, like, it's so funny. Sledding because, and all those guys. Yeah, but what's really funny is that, like, Servico and, and that whole crew, really, mm-hmm. you know, like, if you watch that one episode that Larry's on with the dead possum under the, mm-hmm. under the house, where, like, <laughs> Like it, it's funny because it's like me and you as well. Is that like I'm not the kind of guy that they innately understand? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you know, I'm an acquired taste. Like, well, yeah, yeah there's you something know, there. Yeah, like <laughs> he's, he's he's like a man, but he seems to have like female problems. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like a man, but like he he's like a woman in a way because he's yeah. complaining about you. Know, <laughs> But <laughs> but it's it was very funny to work with those guys, you know, mm-hmm. and Dennis too, you know, and and uh, because like out of all the people that sort of believed in the project, you know, Servico was like, you know, he loved the podcast. He's mm-hmm. like, we gotta be able to do something with it, and like, and I'm in there, and I'm like, you, I, I feel like I'm from a different world with you, <laughs> but but you know, but you know, it it did work out yeah. because it's so it, because I am the weird thing is is that I think it's very hard for for different types of men right. to sort of integrate. Like there's there's this idea that. There's, a, you know, there's those kind of guys and there's these kind of guys right. and they've been fighting for centuries. Yeah, yeah. They're the guys that are guys, guys, and then there's these other things uh-huh. <laughs> that they, they yeah. can't seem to land on it. They're not manning yeah. up. He's to, got a sweater. Yeah, yeah, something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but it was it was a it was a great experience because I mean you know oddly you know d- despite all my neurotic anxious you know uh, you know heady bullshit mm-hmm. I'm still just a dude you know yeah. I got all the same problems it's the same bullshit but yeah. it's, it's also and I, it's I just funny. you just remove sports the nice yeah, you know just <laughs> a, there's there's fewer things to bond on yeah. but the 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 machinery's the same the funny's there that's yeah. the important thing the funny's there and that's one of the things I like about you know the podcast and listening to guys like I first I like, catch up with my friends who I haven't heard yeah, from in a while yeah, right. but I'm open up to different funny and I can and, and Serpico can find the fucking funny yeah Dennis and he's just so good at his goddamn job and yeah. Yeah, but like it, it's interesting because like one of my first experiences of really fucking tanking it <laughs> was you know it, and it was back in those days where you know I was trying to work at regular clubs in Boston being yeah. the aggravated Jew mm-hmm. guy that I am and I had a guest spot at Nick's when mm-hmm. it was big and uh Leary goes on before me. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to go do 20 and I'm going to do a 10 or an 8 or 10. And this is back when Leary, he had a ponytail. He had a braided ponytail. Mm-hmm. That's how far back this is. He was just a, you know, a force of nature. He gets up there and I don't even know if he did well. Didn't matter. Right. Just the, the, the pace of it just annihilated the room. And then I made this, I got up there and I'm like, I'll just jump on his wave. Mm-hmm. And I tried and it was like, it was that kind of silence that has a vacuum to it. Yeah. Where you're just up there and it's like, exactly. And it was like the worst eight minutes, one of the worst eight minutes of my life. That kind of bombing, Yeah, I haven't done it in a while. But that, it's one thing if you don't do, like if you can't get over it. You know, it's yeah. part of the job and you, you, know, you do what you can. It still sucks. Mm-hmm. But the kind of bombing where there's this sort of a... They're, they're, they're stunned first. They're you, stunned. You, you know the doom is coming. Right. Or, or you feel like you're imposing somehow. Yeah, like, yeah. what's this? Who's yeah. this guy? I'm sorry. Is this a bad time? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. 
I haven't had that in a while. Oh, those was, and that's the worst feeling, especially when it first happens. Because I, I would get that on the road. Yeah. Because you got to realize we were on the road with kids, headline in yeah, Virginia, some yeah, fucking yeah, club in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. And what is this? Why does this joke always works? And then oh, the, and when they and, always work and they don't, and then you're by yourself and yeah. you're done and you, you have no idea who you are because who you are is what you just projected yeah, you, on stage and they fail. didn't like it. Yeah, you're sort of like, why did I do what I did? Who am I? Where, gonna, where am I? Yeah, I can go walk around the mall. I got to remember how to get back to Ugh, my hotel awful. with a forty ounce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> At some gas station, the worst. eating the a truck worst. stopper sandwich, not knowing who I am. So welcome. Yeah. So you like, but you know the thing with Dennis. You know, he he liked your character, and he showed up, and he fit into that whole crew. Well, I met a- I met Dennis at the audition. I went in to read for um, the Tommy Minetti character, and you know, in the job, yeah. When we get auditions, and that one, what did that go? Two seasons? Yeah, nineteen episodes, two seasons, ABC. But what we did was, um, you know, when you go for auditions on tape, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not, never going to see these fucking people again. So I did it. Yeah, Dennis, come to Dennis told me later. He goes, I saw you were the, you were the second to last one on a tape, and we called you in to read with him. So mm-hmm. there was really no bullshit. You go and you read. He sifts through everything, picks out the ones he wants. I read with him. It was me, Dennis, Peter Tolan, and a cameraman. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I didn't know. It was at the Chelsea Piers in New York. I didn't know. Everyone was up watching, like in the rafters, but Dennis wanted to set the environment of just being too- You couldn't see them, people? No, I had no idea. The camera was there. I thought they were just taping it. They yeah. were feeding it. The Serpico was up, oh, and all really? those guys were up there Interesting. for this. And we just started improving. And I started making him laugh, and it was that same kind of. I felt the training of the improv from improving within the clubs and yeah, yeah, the sure. laughs, and and our timing was similar. And yeah, it was, yeah. It was that moment really worked well, and then Serpico came out and shook my hand. I'm Jim Serpico, and he was a Long Island guy. And yeah, kind of knew who I was. Yeah, and, and I remember I you know when you do something you're still out of your body. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You're trying to be professional. Yeah, yeah, saying, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's a very interesting project. I'd yeah, love to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get, <laughs> get out, out before here. you fuck yeah, anything yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what it was. And I got the call later and just became. Uh, we became part of I I was inducted into the family I always called Dennis the skinny Irish Sinatra yeah (laughs) yeah. but it was a nice a nice place and it's baptism by fire Mark he just he goes "Ah, make me laugh on this take Dennis would just yell you know and I was partners with Lenny yeah that's like being the guy on the tank just feeding the ammunition into yeah, the yeah, cannon. Yeah, yeah, Lenny's something else. You know, and he me, always scared me. He still scares me. But he's the sweetest guy, and he's just a force of nature. I we know. found a way to work but together. But I knew him back in, like, you know, I knew him when I was a kid and a mm-hmm. you know, doorman at the comedy store, and everyone was fucked up. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I knew him from Boston a little bit, and he was, a, he was like, the king of Boston, yeah. and very intimidating. And, like, I was always scared of him. And I, I think I still am. I think I'm still a little scared of them. They all scared me because I always felt like, you know, there's this, you know, there was like this, this, this Irish tribe unity in yeah, Boston yeah. where yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm never going to be part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and how, like, and, and, and even when I was accepted by them a little bit, I'm like, this can't be trusted. Right. <laughs> yeah. As soon as shit goes wrong, I'm the yeah. first one oh, they yeah. throw off. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're in that, when they make you, I would tell you when things, when my dad died. They, they when, when was that? When did that? What show uh, were you doing then? <laughs> I was doing. What was I doing? Oh, was it was the, the end of or? Rescue Me, the beginning oh, really? of Top Gear. I, I from, oh, he got diagnosed with cancer. I was. I remember I was on a movie set. I was working, and he got diagnosed. And fuck. And I went home. And Dennis and Lenny. How many years ago was that? He died in 2010. He got diagnosed in 2007, I think. And do you, what? So Dennis and Lenny, what? I was working. Uh, we were still doing Rescue Me, and um, and. Uh, they they just took the time just to they didn't really say anything they just kind of I, I remember sitting in the trailer just quiet just sitting when he already had cancer yeah and like they I kind of 
I just remember the moment of having those guys just be re- it was very quiet not a lot of people said anything but i knew that it was it was okay if i wanted just to break down right there right. i could have i didn't right but i felt like i had permission from yeah. them and yeah. it was all unspoken and it right was, it was a profound feeling i'm still trying to articulate it yeah but it was, and they but had they been through they'd been through that kind of loss lenny right? has lenny lenny had, since lenny had well he lost his dad yeah um, lenny had since lost his mom after that yeah um and that was that was uh another another um it's a weird thing emotional grief place that we kind of went through together lenny showed up at my father's funeral in red pants yeah. just these giant red, and everyone knows all the gindaloon because there was all kinds of you know cops criminals plumbers everyone yeah. showed up yeah and lenny walked in and and i heard i think lenny clark's out there yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam, it's yeah. big lad. Yeah. I love it. Came hugged my mother. Just yeah, he's really, a big, really like, nice. big teddy bear. Yeah. Big scary teddy bear. To real, me. really nice. Well, what, what, well, the interesting thing about it seems that both of my folks are, are still around. It's mm-hmm. not something I've I've had to process immediately, you know, in my own experience. But you know, when there's a diagnosis and there's a long term mm-hmm. illness, that it, you, you know, the the grief, you, you know, is is sort of cushioned by the fact that you have time to connect yeah. it's still it's a different kind of pain because yeah. i've also had a, a friend of mine also who had someone taken suddenly from him yeah so now you, there's there's that whole process you got to process of right but i think it's different i think that like oh, knowing that you're dealing with a terminal situation yeah. and if you have loose ends at least you can hey, yeah you have the ability to do that but then it's also uh, this the denial phase was a lot of we're going to beat this thing and my father we're going to beat this thing what kind of cancer he had a uh, bladder cancer Oh, yeah. Jesus and they didn't catch it till late and it was, it was cigarettes and everything and, and I remember I remember me and him one, we were in the garage and it was one of those moments he just looked at me and he goes Look. he goes I ain't gonna win yeah but I ain't gonna fucking give up either don't tell your mother <laughs> he goes he actually says he goes I ain't gonna make it easy on the motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> so, whatever you want to do. Oh my God! So that was the end of the denial. Yeah, that moment was the end of the denial, and it was. Uh, and then you know, it, it didn't last as it lasted longer than I thought it would. How long? The denial, or, or the, no? The, the, you the, get three years. I think. Well, someone always said you're going to get three years no matter what you do. I mean, he did the chemo. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but it was three years. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And was and there pain? It was Mark? It was a lot, of, and the helplessness you feel, like you know, because you can't do anything. You know, but they make him comfortable, right? He, was a, he, you know, he was old school. Oh, really? He they want their drugs? Yeah. Well, he, he, after a while, yeah. Not I'll take them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But uh, I right, give me two. Yeah, you know? yeah, but yeah. Was, you know. Yeah. And was uh, did, was there stuff that you know? You said that your wife got some stuff from him. Yeah, my wife got to my wife, and I remember the day I took him out to lunch, and I would always go out there. I would always, yeah. whenever New yeah. York, and I would always just go out and watch football with him, just sit there with him, uh-huh. just to be with him. Uh-huh. My mom, I had to be there, yeah. and my and loved my wife, yeah. loved my wife, and he would tell us stories, and and we haven't seen you in a while. I tell my father, come into the city. I'm not coming to the city. I got to drive. I got traffic. It tolls. Get there. Yeah. No place to park. And my my wife would go. You know, we haven't seen you. Why don't you come? See? How about Thursday? Yeah, I can yeah, come in on yeah, Thursday. Yeah, uh-huh. And he would come in and spend time, and uh-huh. and he loved her, and he would tell her all the stuff. That's how I found out about there might have been some regret that he didn't get to fulfill the artistic uh-huh. whatever he was doing uh-huh. like because he got to design kitchens and bathrooms and he took what his father gave him to another level right i went to a totally different place with his blessing but he was also able to see some of your amazing success yeah so i mean that was the, that oh we did it was a lead the rescue me tour this was this was a great moment we yeah. did because you know fucking leary's always 
we're doing a rescue me tour. So the warm-up gig is uh, Mohegan Sun. Uh-huh. 7,000 people in the arena. That's the fucking warm-up gig. In Connecticut? For the tour, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the playing, big room. In the big room. Yeah. So And after that, we had Radio City. So uh, I said, Pop, I'm playing Radio City. He goes, I heard. Listen, your mother said you're playing the Mohegan Sun. Can we come to that gig? So yeah. he could fucking gamble. That's right. why he wanted to come. <laughs> yeah. So I said, you're going to come to the show? He goes, of course I'm going to come to the show. You know, unless I get on a rush or something, yeah. but I should be there. <laughs> he goes, you're going to do, do the Jews? Because yeah. I had this, this bit about yeah. Moses questioning faith and people uh-huh. following Moses to yeah. the desert and some guy in the back yelling hey I don't think he knows where he's going yeah, yeah. and it's this piece about questioning Moses Yeah, I say yeah pop I'll do it Yeah, so I do the gig and he has big mane of white hair Yeah, and I did the gig and I got a big applause break and as the applause break is going I look down I see my father I say, okay pop you happy I did it Yeah, and I said to everyone I go that's my father he was yeah. gambling he said I'll come to the show if you do the Moses bit Yeah, and then everyone was clapping <laughs> Yeah, so comes times next year we're doing the, the tour again yeah and he's, he can't make it. He's just too ill. So I said, Pop, come on. I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send a coffee. You come. To, we're doing yeah. a gig again. Well, yeah, he yeah. gets on. And he went, ah. He goes, that was one of the greatest things I ever saw. I go, why? He goes, you were on stage. You're making everybody laugh. You're with your friends. And you, I, everyone in that audience, when you said my name, everyone in that audience was looking at me, and I was looking at you. <laughs> and my heart just fucking fell out. <laughs> I just, now? Yeah. Now? <laughs> now? Now I now. get, you're dying and I have this love now. Yeah, but, yeah. But he said it would, would just yeah. water his eyes and yeah, I could yeah. see how happy he was. So I had that moment. Oh, that's fucking beautiful. You, know, yeah. you get that shit. Yeah. And that's the shit I hold on to. Yeah. And you get, you, you have closure around it and you, you feel like yeah. it's all, you know. I have, I have closure because he, it's not that I have closure, it's I, I have, I felt like I, I didn't want him in here anymore. Yeah. And at some level I think he decided to take the hit. Yeah. So it would be easier for us to adjust. It's time he's to gone. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he went out the way he would want. He went out in his chair with his family. All of, we were hugging him. It was like it was like the top shot, the crane shot. You in the knew movie. it was happening. Yeah, because oh, it was like the doc said. Like Hostage this is was it. at my house, and my my mother's uh, cousin is a nurse. Yeah, and she said it's gonna, it's yeah. close. Yeah. So we were all there. His kids were hold. I was holding them. Yeah, I was holding them as as the life left them. Really? Kissed them on the forehead. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's we insane. were all there at home. At home. In his chair, which I still have. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I still got the chair. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's a good, that's a that's a touching story because I think that's the way it's supposed to happen. Well, yeah, I. I mean, in the sense that, like, not in the hospital. Yeah, really. it's like, but you look at you look at what could have been. Yeah. And then you, st- I still got the fucking anger of why, you know, what did he do? And there's no, there is no, it's cause and effect. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. smoke Lucky Strikes for thirty years and think nothing's gonna happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 How old was he? Sixty nine. So young in term in, yeah. in the you in know. this world, sixty nine years old. So you you don't have kids, no, not yet, not or is that it? Kids. No, no, yeah. not I, I don't. Me and my wife, we might adopt. Me and my wife keep talking. We keep talking about it, yeah. and then we're like, yeah, oh, let's lay down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> go well, yeah. You get to a certain age where you wonder. Your brothers have kids. My brothers got two kids. My brother, I got two god kids. Uh, yeah, which are great because I send them all the stuff from. You like, get to be the good uncle. Oh yeah, I yeah, get to come in and yeah, give yeah. them stuff they're not supposed to have. Uh-huh. And I send them videos. I just we just did an episode of Top Gear where we made. I made a Pope mobile out of a 69 Lincoln. Oh, really? And I got to drive um, Cloris Leachman to the Emmy, so I get to do all this weird stuff. We made our own snowmobile. Oh, that's uh, made fun. our own snow. Wait, so you work with mechanics and they get. Yeah, I draw the stuff up, and we all have. Well, what if we build the, on the build shows is, we have? Isn't that funny, though? Because you're sort of honoring the idea that, you know, your father didn't think you could. Uh, oh, I don't build. I can't build them. No, I, I just, know, but nonetheless, you're involved with that. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that. well, that's the greatest thing because <laughs> I love cars to bring great comfort to me yeah, yeah. because of my father. In yeah. fact, I just bought. 
1970 Buick Deuce and a Quarter. It's a, an Electra 225. Uh-huh. My grandfather had this car. Uh-huh. I just bought it because of the sound of that motor and that big armrest and yeah. that big car reminds me of my dad. Yeah. And that's that brings me... Football, cars uh, bring me comfort. The Odd Couple, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. those, those Columbo. It's, yeah. those it's just so funny that your career sort of has got you involved yeah. in that thing. Yeah. You know, you're doing cars. Yeah. But, and he, uh, would, he, would, he, would like, he would love to yeah, see yeah, yeah, So yeah. I'm restoring this car yeah, that's, so I can uh, drive around in this big car and think of my dad. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Well, good, man. It was great talking to you. Well, good to catch up with you, my friend. Yeah, buddy. That was a great talk. Sweet guy. We're both hanging in there. I'm glad things are going well for Adam. Go to WTFPod.com. If you're new to the podcast, go get the app, the free app, upgrade, stream all 500 and however many we're at now. Enjoy. Comment sections are limited to Facebook now because uh, I don't like the anonymity of douchebags. Douchebags don't deserve protection. So now if you're going to comment, I can see you. I can see you feels good all right oh i got a pain in the shoulder which shoulder is the bad one boomer lives <laughs>